Welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson. On our program, we explore the flip side of every story. And when you open yourself up to both sides, you'll realize that there are life lessons, powerful tools, and so much more. Now, here is Dr. Veerdra Jackson. Hello, and welcome to The Flip Side of Adversity. I am Dr. Veerdra Jackson, the CEO and creative behind Living Strong Consulting. We have been celebrating all month, the month of August, National Black Business Month. And this episode is almost like a bridge between our celebration of Black businesses in August. And as we prepare our September theme of education, empowerment, and equity. And I'm excited because the gifting and the story of our guest co-host, Dr. Pamela Ellis, absolutely will add value both to if you are an entrepreneur, if you are trying to follow and pursue a dream, understand how to grow it. She has expertise and experience there, as well as if you are a parent, an educator, a student, or just someone who wants to help youth rise to their greatest potential. She has strategies as the education doctor, and she'll walk us through both of those. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Dr. Pamela Ellis is the education doctor. She is an award-winning educational consultant whose experience includes advising school districts, community organizations, and institutions of higher education. She is the host of Keep Calm for Moms, a show to discuss what it means to educate the next generation of leaders with grace and ease. She has visited more than 500 colleges and universities internationally to gain insight into their varying cultures and to explore the range of academic and social opportunities available to students on campus. Her research areas include high school to college transition, parent engagement, African-American males in education, and college completion. She is a highly sought after speaker and author of the best-selling book, What to Know Before They Go, the College Edition, which helps school leaders, counselors, mentors, parents, and caregivers who support teens toward higher education success. Dr. Pamela graduated from Stanford University and the Tuck School of Business at Dartmouth College, and she earned a doctorate from the Stanford University School of Education. I am excited to welcome to the flip side of adversity conversation, Dr. Pamela Ellis. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Jackson. I'm excited to be here. We have um, had the opportunity to talk a couple of times offline, and I am excited how both your story in how you launched your business, as well as 
what your business serves will be a beautiful bridge between our August theme and lead us right into our conversations for September. So this is exciting for me, but I'd love for you to, if you're willing to, can you share as we posted on social media, it was divorce papers <laughs> that actually created uh, a, a new opportunity for you. So what did you actually learn from that experience and, and how does it play a role in your flip side story? Wow, that's a big question to start it is a with. Big Don't question. you know it? I know we have we have to start big. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Okay then. Um, gosh, it was really in the aftermath of starting. I would say that um, I, you know, became divorced, and I think that what it did for me was really give me a new appreciation for making time for myself. And I know that may sound kind of odd, but I really wanted to be a business owner. And that was a little bit of a tension because as many of us may know who are business owners, especially those of us who may be bootstrapping to start, you know, it can cause a bit of financial strain. And it, it caused a lot of financial strain because I was not uh, taking any salary at that point and wasn't making a whole lot either. And it was it seemed that for everything that came in, it also went out in terms of expenses. And at the time, our children were in private school. <laughs> and, you know, everything else that goes along with that when you have three young children who are very active in school and extracurricular. And so I really, you know, wanted to still be a business owner. And when there was that, you know, strain, mm -hmm. it was a matter of, you know, kind of, you know, I lost that sense of identity, you know, because I had always seen myself as a wife. And in losing that, it was like, man, you know, who am I really? And how do I recapture who I knew myself to be even before then? And how do I shift um, the way I see myself as an entrepreneur? And it really shifted me into seeing myself as not just an entrepreneur, but a CEO. And a CEO does things differently in terms of their business. And so it's looking at, you know, the bottom line, looking at how do you grow it to that next level and how do you hire as well? And so I really hired my first employee, you know, right, you know, after my divorce and kind of in the midst of that, because I was just like, I really kind of dug in my heels to say that, you know, I am going to be a CEO and no one will take that dream away from me in terms of growing the business. And so that's what I did. And at the same time, at the same time, found ways to also 
take care of myself mentally because I think that there was a lot of grief in that period and feeling like I didn't amount to much. And so just to regain my sense of confidence, um, I, I discovered mindfulness and what that meant and how to really uh, keep calm through that situation and how to learn. I learned how to grieve gracefully and to not have any regret or negative feelings. And I'm proud to say that through that time and even to this day, I would never you know, say anything negative about um, my children's father. And we now have a really great relationship. And so it took that kind of healing experience, I think, to bring us to that. Wow. Mm-hmm. As I listen to the, the journey, the transformation, uh, recognizing even your vulnerability and saying how you um, had to reassess your identity and make that shift. I don't think people realize how powerful it is mm-hmm. to understand that you are, there is a difference between right. being an entrepreneur and a CEO and how in that moment you truly took charge of your dream and your Mm -hmm. business and released bitterness Mm -hmm. and anything that would block you, which absolutely to me just speaks to the core of your Mm -hmm. leadership skills and Mm -hmm. how that has not Mm -hmm. only emotionally helped you move forward and grow, Mm -hmm. but it has, I, if I understand um, other parts of your story, it has fueled your ability to support families in right. even new, more innovative ways. Absolutely. I would agree with it. I hadn't mm-hmm. thought about it in those ways, but yes, yes. <laughs> absolutely. Powerful. It's so yeah. powerful. Would, would you say, as mm-hmm. you now reflect on who you are now, um, Dr. Ellis, the CEO, mm-hmm. how has that transformation changed your approach with families? I know in mm-hmm. the description for our episode, you shared mm-hmm. that it was challenging because what you did, you mm-hmm. felt actually helped, helped keep families together. Right. So how how the the CEO, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> how do you approach supporting families with mm-hmm. your personal knowledge and, and strength? Oh, wow. I would say, you know, certainly being even more sensitive mm-hmm. to some of the stress that the parents have mm-hmm. around how they're going to educate their child and how much they're going to invest (laughs) because there's still that um, financial tension Mm -hmm. that -hmm. comes up just in the way that it did in my situation, because again, our children were in private school. And so that added another level of financial strain, given that I wasn't even making that much money uh, as an 
entrepreneur. And mm -hmm. so when I'm having conversations with parents now, I'm very sensitive to that. And I also involve their child in that conversation when we do talk about financial aid, how is college going to be paid for? And I didn't include that in my curriculum in the same way that I do now. Um, and in my program, there's a lot more family meetings that okay. we have in a very intentional way. And I'm very clear that when we meet, even when it's the first time we're meeting as an introduction, both parents need to be present. Okay. And it's not about just meeting with one parent and letting them make all the decisions because mm -hmm. that can then breed some resentment. Yes. And, you know, I just, I don't want that kind of stress as the start. Mm -hmm. And when the child sees that both parents are on the same page, that, you know, sends a signal to them as well. They see that both parents do care. And the other piece of it is I talk very frankly with parents around the impact of divorce when they are applying to certain colleges. I didn't really have that knowledge beforehand. But now I can speak to it. And when I'm, you know, talking with parents who are divorced, it's alerting them up front that, hey, there may be some uh, things you have to do differently in terms of, you know, applying for financial aid okay. if your okay. spouse or the other or their, you know, other parent isn't involved. And there are, you know, some situations where, you know, the parents aren't in a, in agreeable situation and it's like, well, how do we handle this so that the child isn't involved or feeling the impact of the disagreements that you have? It really sounds like you're giving um, everyone in the family an opportunity to have voice to be involved and invested in the process and yeah. from the very beginning, underscoring how important it is that, that you're all working together in the same direction. Something that continues to really resonate with me as mm -hmm. I researched your website and I looked mm -hmm. at your materials, yeah. You mentioned mindfulness as an important part of your process, and you really emphasize over and over again, creating the opportunity for this to happen so that young people are able to navigate without emotionally being overwhelmed. Um, I believe you call it with grace and ease. So keeping in mind that this can be a really stressful and overwhelming process for young people, parents aside. <laughs> yes. And so can you explain a little bit about what is unique about your approach that gets to mm -hmm. a place of grace and ease. Yeah. Part of that is incorporating mindful practices in terms of how we are communicating with students. 
our tone, our word choice, uh, some of the things we do around talking about gratitude, because gratitude, it um, relieves stress and it also builds resilience. And so we talk a lot about that within our own meetings that we have with our families. And the other thing that we do to bring about that grace and ease is we break down the processes. And so when we talk about, you know, developing a college list, we help that student build the list based on assessments and interest inventories related to them. And so the process always starts with the student. It's not about saying, here are the colleges, go look at them. It's like, no, we're going to co-create that list. And we give them a framework, which is a step-by-step process of here's how you research a college, or here's how you make the most of a campus visit. Here is how you communicate with your teacher if you want a recommendation letter. Here are the different parts of your application portfolio. So, I mean, it's not it's a way to make sure that it's clear and give students a roadmap and a sense of control. Um, Because there's so much freedom when you have that. And I know for many teenagers, you know, they want to enjoy high school. They don't want to be burdened down with not knowing what to do. And I certainly want to disabuse them of this notion of perfect or wanting to do things perfectly, because then that can paralyze you sometimes. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I say, okay, here is some steps you can take. And there is no right or wrong answer. What we're working from is who you are and what's a great fit for you. And let's talk about that as opposed to um, doing the inverse. And so often, I think you are the first person who has ever put it the way that you just stated it. So often, students are going after a list of schools and the angst of trying to fit into this list of ambiguous schools, or they've got this ideal ideal dream of a school, but you're mm-hmm. actually having them first think about what are you interested in, doing assessments on themselves uh-huh. so that they are identifying schools that they may not have even thought about right. that align with what gives them passion and juice and excitement as opposed to trying to fit into something else, you're actually helping them recognize you can go after what interests you, not try to be something else. Right. That is absolute. That's the first you've shared several nuggets along (laughs) our way, but that one right there, I've not heard anyone really help. And I I would immediately think that process of saying, we're going to start with you and what interests you would immediately bring down that emotional angst. Right. We're, We're actually getting ready to take our first break. And 
When we come back, I would love for you to explain a little bit more about your process, what makes it different from mm-hmm. other programs um, and your your multi-site organization in in multiple cities. What exactly makes the education doctor and her centers set apart um, with the process that you are offering students? So when we come back from this break, um, we're going to talk more with Dr. Pamela Ellis. And I hope that you will take the opportunity to also pursue information around what Living Strong Consulting is offering currently moving into this new school year. We have had the opportunity to engage with teams and really diving into as we embark upon a new school year, carrying potentially stressors from the season or the year before, allow our consulting team to come in and support your educators, your leadership team, as well as your youth advisors and supporters to realize that they can actually release what's in the past and step intentionally into co-creating equitable spaces that are focused on healing and safety and relationship building. If you'd like more information on how you can partner with Living Strong to bring those types of experiences to your team, check out our website at livingstrongllc.com. Click on that contact us button and we would be happy to have a conversation with you. When we come back, We're going to continue this dialogue with the education doctor and hear more about how Dr. Pamela Ellis has taken a process that has stressed out families in the past and has identified a way to make it one that includes grace and ease. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. On Living Strong, the flip side of adversity, Dr. Veerdra Jackson presents stories and powerful guest experts from business, health, relationships, and faith. Every story has its flip side, and we are here to delve into the story and challenge you to view what has kept you in a singular mindset and turn it into the flip side. When you can effectively do that, you'll experience necessary growth. Tune in live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The White House Doctor makes house calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veerdra Jackson. 
To reach the live show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Welcome back. We have been having a conversation with Dr. Pamela Ellis, and she's shared, um, begun to share her process around how she supports the emotional stability of the family, clear communication of the family, and how she, even in her own um, flip side of her own adversity, has been able to use that to better educate families and to have them think more deeply about how relationships and how their connection and communication will impact the process for their young person as they're pursuing um, higher, higher ground. Um, And just before we um, were coming back from break, you were getting ready to share how uh, your perspective on starting Mm -hmm. with a self-assessment and starting with um, an interest, uh, we we brought it up to an awareness to you that it was Mm -hmm. interesting. And you were getting ready to share a little bit more about how that's really kind of sitting with you. Yeah, I guess... I hadn't really thought about it before as being that different. I know that it's something that I have spent years working on and really crafting, you know, what the questions would be to get students to really, you know, do some self-reflection. And it, it is different in terms of how we think about it overall, because I'll have parents sometimes contact me and they're like, can you just give us a list? And it's like, no, I can't just give you a list of colleges. And that's, you know, upset some families and they go on and work with someone else. And that's how I know we're not a fit to work together because they want a list. And I'm just like, no, I really need to meet your child and talk with them about it. And sometimes uh, parents, when they may be, you know, doing things at the last minute, they want to do it themselves. But when they do that, it actually hurts their teen's chances. Mm. And that's why I don't want to get in the middle of that Mm -hmm, (laughs) at all. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the colleges that are on their list are ones that, you know, they are developing that list so that these are colleges that they have the best chance of thriving and completing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that's important. That's what I want. And completing. So it's not just getting in. It's actually mm-hmm. that they're in, that they yes. thrive, and that they're actually able to finish right. and come out with a degree and feeling accomplished um, in the process. And right. when I so resonate because also in our equity work um, mm-hmm. and even in our trauma work, people often want, well, can't you just give me the list of strategies? Like, well, no, I can't. <laughs> mm-hmm. This this kind of whole Google it culture that if if we can just get a quick checklist so that we can get to the end. But what you shared before the break 
that you've actually invested time in understanding a process that will help reduce the stress. And I think that roadmap is really powerful, that concept of having a roadmap. When we are just kind of shooting darts in the dark, it just continues to perpetuate that fear, uncertainty, am I doing it right? But having you as a coach through the process would allow young people to really have a plan. Exactly. (laughs) Which reduces stress. (laughs) It does in a big way. It does reduce stress when you have a plan. Do you have a particular area of expertise or group of students that you have a little bit more passion around um, that Mm -hmm. you like to dig, dig deeper into understanding and supporting? Oh, wow. The students that I, you know, have a passion for supporting are those who are open minded and they have a good attitude. Those are the ones that I gravitate towards. Um, <laughs> those are the key things, uh, mm-hmm. really. And mm-hmm. if they're willing to put forth the effort, mm-hmm. then they're going to get some amazing results. Yeah. Yeah. And so I do tend to gravitate towards those students. Um, it could be a challenge given the process and the program we have set up if a student says, no, I only want to look at these colleges. Mm-hmm. And when students have said they want to look at specific colleges, I say, that's okay. What I want you to do is you still use the same framework and research that college through that lens so that you have the consistency of what you know about those colleges as it relate to you. Mm-hmm. And I've had students to come back after doing that. And it's like, you know, I didn't know this college was like that. And, you know, whatever it is, and they will change their mind about it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I love to see. I love to see that discovery yes. process. And I see it as growth as well and maturity mm-hmm. and what it helps them to be able to do as well, Dr. Jackson, is in the spring when they're making their decision about where they'll go, they're more confident because they know they put in the work And when the college also agrees that they've been admitted to that college, they have more confidence, more excitement around where they're going to go. And the key thing is I don't want students uh, to have any regrets Mm -hmm. because, you know, regrets can, oh, they can kill you. Um, And I don't want them in the spring feeling like, man, I should have looked at whatever college, Mm -hmm. because we go through that as part of this process. And so that's why I say, as long as they're open-minded, willing to put in the work, have a good attitude, I'm ready. (laughs) Our team is ready, (laughs) ready to embrace them and 
you know, to help them with, you know, reaching the goals that they have. And so we're, we're excited about those students. I know that parents come to the process with mm-hmm. different experiences. Sometimes, yes. uh, and I've encountered um, oftentimes first-generation students, like th- yeah. this child will be the first child in the family mm-hmm. to go to college. Yeah. And then they have some some families where both parents um, have encountered, have gone through college, different mm-hmm. stories of college, yes. What have you found um, confused parents the most about the process for their child? Ooh, probably the biggest thing is the range of colleges that could be a good fit for their child. What do you mean by that? What I mean by that is... There is no such thing as there's only one college that's a fit. And oftentimes, whether a parent has completed college or not, they oftentimes kind of have in their mind that this is the college for my kid. Whether it's, I want my kid to go local. I want my kid to go to a brand name. I see my kid at X school because I went there, Mm -hmm. you know, all of those things informs Mm -hmm. the process for their child. Mm -hmm. And so when they come into this process and they start reading online, all the information that's out there, that's where it gets overwhelming and confusing because it's like, wow, there's a lot more steps to this. It's a little bit more complex than it was. And there are all these colleges that I don't know about or haven't even heard of before. And so that's the thing that's so triggering. When you said that, I immediately thought about kind of how sometimes as parents, we can come into it with a tunnel vision. Either it's a financial tunnel vision, like this is all I can afford, so these are the only colleges you can look at. Or it's, um, well, this is where I went, this was my experience, so this is the experience I'm going to craft for you. Mm -hmm. And again, going back to what uh, we touched upon earlier, your approach of allowing students to do a self-assessment on what they're interested in, what they're passionate about, and then from that place begin to explore colleges that they may not have ever heard of, but because of what they're passionate about, there might be an opportunity for them to thrive. It's literally a chance, mm-hmm. <laughs> and parents might not feel like it is a chance, yes. is a chance for parents to kind of step out of the way and trust the process. Yes. Oh, yes. That's what I ask parents at the beginning of every year, especially in senior year, when we're getting into the applications, that's the title mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the email that I send to them is to trust the process. And that means even in senior year, start learning how to let go. Oh, oh. And letting go can take, you know, different forms. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways I ask them to let go is 
to wait until their child asks them to read their essay. Mm-hmm. Some parents don't want to hear that. No, no. <laughs> they want to they want to control the essay from beginning to end yeah. and edit along the way. <laughs> but I share with them. Yeah, go ahead. No, I, I'm just curious. You brought up something senior year. When should this process actually start? Ideally, we know we all come at it at different yes. points in time. Yes. Ideally, when should this process start for parents and children? Ideally, it would be the end of eighth grade. Okay. And just to give a little bit of context, the end of eighth grade in terms of planning out what the courses would be for high school so that your child is on track. Because here's a best um, example I have. A student that I was working with, this was a couple of years ago now, right before COVID, he wanted to do computer science engineering. Mm -hmm. His math class in eighth grade uh, was not algebra. So that meant that he would not be on track to be in calculus senior year. In his junior year, when I met him and his family, I think he was in algebra two or Mm -hmm. geometry. Mm -hmm. So that meant senior year, he would not have been in a calculus class. That shifts the college list for engineering. Yes. or computer science. Yes. And so if you think about those things and be strategic in terms of their course schedule in high school, mm-hmm. that can make a difference in terms of the possibilities for their list and the possibilities for scholarships once they're a senior. Wow. So that would be the ideal. And I know that um not everyone is thinking about it at that time in that way, or maybe there are some constraints in terms of the high school they've selected where they don't have access to those classes. So whenever they come, I say, you're right on time. Mm -hmm. That's what I say to every family. And let me tell you, in the last week, I've had a few seniors come and I say, listen, you are right on time. Because we're not going to worry about what you didn't do. We're going to work with you where you are. Mm -hmm. And that's what I do with every student. Wow. We're getting ready to take a Mm -hmm. second break. And I love for you, that example you just gave was priceless because I feel like some parents who will hear this will Mm -hmm. realize I didn't even think about what they would need by graduation. How would Mm -hmm. I even know that? And I know your process uh, supports and educates uh, families. As we get ready to take this break, can you tell our listeners how they can follow you and just one of your upcoming resources or services you're offering? Absolutely. I'd love to. So, You can always follow me on The Education Doctor on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. And my company name is Compass College Advisory, which is the website as well. 
And an upcoming event, which I have, which is so exciting, is five keys for 12th graders to get in and get money for college. It's in response to all of these 12th grade parents and families who have been reaching out and feeling uh, stressed, overwhelmed. What my vision is, is that when you come to this training, which is going to be on Tuesday, August 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern, that will be an opportunity for you to take a breath. Yes. (laughs) And to know that, yes, your team can do this. They are not too late. There is still an opportunity for them. If it were December, okay, you might be a little late, (laughs) but it's not too late now. (laughs) I love it. So stay with us. We're going to close out with actually talking about where students are now and and how we can best support them with this time that we have coming up in this current school year. So we'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. What if the most special part about you was not how you fit in, but how you stood out in a world that has never seen your kind of beauty? What if you could walk confidently in your God-given beauty, identity, and purpose? My name is Sandra Coates, and I am the founder and visionary of a movement called United and True. We want every woman to know that she is being transformed, she has been redeemed, and she is unique. I'm also an author of a newly released book called None Like Her. It is about awakening the beauty and the value that is within every woman. You see, it's time that we rise up through the confusion and the chaos and the comparison and the shame to know that there is nothing more we need to do to access the beauty that is within us. Please visit SandraCoats.com for more information. Ever wanted to know what makes you, you? Why you think and feel the way you do? And more important, what the motivation for your behavior is? And when you know this about yourself, what do you do with all of it anyhow? Learning about your Enneagram type helps answer these questions and so much more. Listen to The Traveling Enneagram with host Nikki Myers for answers to these questions. Thursdays at 12 p.m. on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. On Living Strong, the flip side of adversity, Dr. Veerdra Jackson presents stories and powerful guest experts from business, health, relationships, and faith. Every story has its flip side, and we are here to delve into the story and challenge you to view what has kept you in a singular mindset and turn it into the flip side. When you can effectively do that, you'll experience necessary growth. Tune in live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veerdra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. 
You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Hello and welcome back. We have been talking with the education doctor and Dr. Pamela Ellis has been unpacking her approach and strategy to, as I think about everything she shared, really polishing the lenses and opening the perspective of parents as well as students to possibilities, to not feel like they are, that their choices and options are narrow, but that they actually have the power from their own perspective, from the place that fuels their passion, that fuels their drive and and um, what brings them joy, that's where they start and that's where they can begin to pursue their college options. And I'm curious, Dr. Ellis, would you say, do you feel that students mm-hmm. are coming to you more stressed or are you noticing more challenges with their mental health, their ability to focus um, since everything that we've been through, have you noticed a shift as they've come to you? All of that. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, but yes, mm-hmm. I have, um, feeling more stressed, um, a lot more anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, some students have had a shift in their friend group since COVID, mm-hmm. which also brings on its own level of stress and change. And so it's all of those things. Some students have sought more community in terms of the colleges that they're seeking, wanting to build community, have community when they get to college because of that sense of loss in the last couple of years. Other students more drawn to spending more time online and staying uh, to themselves since COVID. It's impacted all of us tremendously. I think of it as, you know, traumatic Mm -hmm. and it's left an indelible mark in a myriad of ways Mm -hmm. for teens and all of us. What tips have you been giving to parents to support their students um, as you've seen this shift And I think it's really powerful how you just laid out that even their priorities of what they want have shifted. Any tips that you would tell parents who are trying to support their teens? Um, Staying, um, letting the teen own the process. And that's something I continue to say and have said for some time now is really letting go and letting the teen own the process. That's mm-hmm. that's key mm-hmm. because when students have lost so much and been afraid over these years, one of the things that you know all of us want is that sense of control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I find that even more so with teenagers wanting to have that sense of control. Mm-hmm. And when the parent allows them to own the process, mm-hmm. not only does it help them with having that sense of control, but it shows the teen that their parent trusts them. Yes. Wow. 
that is powerful. I think mm-hmm. about when you have spoken about the loss and the grief and the uncertainty to be able to gain back some level of control and power um, could even continue to motivate a student to move forward as well, right. I would think. Right. As we get ready to talk about empowerment and education mm-hmm. and equity, I know that we've spoken before that you have also taken an interest in African-American males in mm-hmm. education. Can you tell us a little bit about that research and um, your passion right. in that area as well? Yeah, absolutely. So the, you know, the interest and passion for, um, you know, supporting our males in particular, Black males, you know, started many, many years ago. And I don't even know if we have time to get into the story of how that all started. Um, But um, one of the things that I will share, and I've I've already been so transparent, I'm okay with saying this as well, but um, one of the things that was the first trigger for me was uh, when I went away to college, I recall that at the same time, my nephew was placed in jail and we were very close. He was someone that I always looked up to and wanted to be like, even though he was younger than I am. And that was the first thing that drew me to really be concerned about African-American males. And then once I became a mom, having a son as my firstborn was also another trigger, if you will. And then my second son. And one of the questions that I had when I went back to graduate school was around how to support African-American males so that they don't uh, become a statistic in terms of all that happens to them in the school system. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I've certainly learned in this work is is not just with our males, it's also with our girls, um, which has brought up you know, a way for me to, you know, understand some of the experiences that my daughter is having and to look at that as well. But uh, with Black males, one of the key things, one of the key findings earlier on when I had started my work was that there were a lot of programs to enroll them in college but very few programs at the collegiate level that were supporting them with completing. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we see in our higher ed system still to this day Mm -hmm. is how that drop-off occurs from ninth grade to freshman year of college to completing college. You know, we have this Mm drop-off of representation of black males and that is something that's, that just boggles my mind because I know so many amazing young Black men out there. And I, I have, um, you know, since that time, you know, there, there are certainly a number of Black males that I work with uh, in our practice 
and get an opportunity to, you know, support them in terms of scholarships and their college dreams and all of that. And that's something I'm very proud of. And I'm proud of it for all of my students that I've worked with over the years. Um, but I know, you know, their situation and some of the struggles they have within the school system, which is particularly unsettling. Yes. As we get ready to close out, I can't believe how quickly this hour has yes. gone by. If there was one tip, thinking about the, the males that you just talked about or just students, marginalized students specifically, what piece of advice would you give parents to, ad, to advocate for their, their children as we get ready to go into this school year? One, just one piece of advice. One piece of advice would be making sure that they find someone in the school that will also partner with them for their child's success because their child spends so many hours <laughs> in the day at school. And even if you're busy with everything else, make sure you know and have a relationship with at least one other person at that school that's going to partner with you, let you know if something is out of line or if your kid is having a bad day or whatever, or even if it's something around school policies that you are not aware of, or even if they show up at the PT, PTA meetings and you don't have a chance to go, have that person at that school that's engaged, that's involved, uh, and maybe it's another parent, but have a relationship with someone else who's also going to see your child during the day. Oh. Dr. Pamela Ellis, thank you so much for all of your wisdom and all that you've shared. Mm -hmm. Just before we close out this conversation, I'd like for you again to, to share your website so that people mm -hmm. can find you. And if you wouldn't mind this time spelling it for our radio audience. Yes, absolutely. You can find me at compasscollegeadvisory.com, which is C-O-M-P-A-S-S, -S, college, C-O-L-L-E-G-E-A-D-V-I-S-O-R-Y.com, Compass College Advisory. This has been a flip side conversation where Dr. Ellis has transparently shared how a broken moment turned into an opportunity for her to add value to multiple lives. And she's continuing to do so and offering students an opportunity to tap into their greatest selves and recognizing it's not too late. It's not too late. So thank you so much again, Dr. Ellis, for being a part of our Flipside conversation. And for our listeners, we are going into September with our new theme. We're focusing on education, empowerment, and equity. And we have a powerful lineup for you. So stay connected right here on the Flipside every week, same time, same place. See you then. Thank you for tuning in to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. 
Please join your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson, for another edition of our show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.